Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. It's hard to believe we're on our 273rd podcast and we're pretty excited about Psalm number 71 today. And with me as always is my friend, my co-host, my fellow knucklehead alert specialist who alerts people of knuckleheads around the world. So Stephanie, what's going on with you today? Well, good morning, Doug. It is warming up here in Indiana. So I am looking forward to taking a walk outside today. Um, that that has me pretty excited. The birds are chirping. Um, I'm wishing for spring. Yeah, you and me both. You know, it warmed up here. I walked in about 30 degrees this morning here. And uh, by the time I got home, it was about 42. And now it's 66. Oh, wow. So when I get some work done today, I may wash both my cars and clean out the floor mats for their weekly bathing of my vehicles here. But uh so I, I see you've been going mommy date night. So we've got mm-hmm. done Daniel, Charles. Uh, yep. So you're going from reverse order from the oldest to I the youngest. Am. Yes, yes. Last year, I always started with the younger ones and worked my way up. Yeah. And so this year I'm changing it up and starting with the oldest, working my way down. Um, yeah. With eight kids, I don't want any of them to ever feel like I'm missing one of them. And I missed a couple of the older ones for more than one date night last year because of, you know, just life. So life happens, man. That's why we added the knuckleheaded moment is to help people with life. Now, speaking of the knuckleheaded moment and uh, what's going on in life, we know it's your turn. Now, I I spoke the other day about uh, clothes that fit. Uh, things of that nature, things that dealt with clothes to include not trying on clothes uh, while in the commando mode. So it's your turn today uh, for the knuckleheaded moment. Now, I wish you could see Stephanie. She gets a real serious look on her face. So let's see what this is. You might be a knucklehead if. I'm just trying to figure out how to word it right. So, So I think I'm focusing today on the concept of us as parents are training our kids to be normal people or are we training them to be knuckleheads or letting them act like knuckleheads all the time hence training them to behave that way so i would say my knuckleheaded um you might be a knucklehead if you let your kids bully children younger than them and don't tell them to cut it out yeah yeah and i think that can really i think that's a good one i think it could be really summed up in this way and uh, i think the way this gets summed up is if your kids are dirtbags and you're not taking care of it, you're a total knucklehead. Yeah. And if you're letting those kids bully other kids, I mean, if you look up knucklehead in the dictionary, uh, there's a picture of you. You shouldn't, and you should know this by now, you shouldn't need the knucklehead moment to tell you uh, that you're a knucklehead if your kids are a knucklehead. That should be something that should come to you. It should, you know, it, it, you know, I guess the question is, is, 
being a knucklehead genetic, how you're predisposed, is it a mental condition? I don't think it is. I think your people need to grow up and stop being knuckleheads. And, uh, and I'm glad that so many who listen to us, most of the people who listen to us are not knuckleheads. You know, but again, we need to help them help others to get away from the knuckleheadedness that seems to be permanent in America today. Uh, just a while ago or yesterday, day before, I was uh, looking at my phone at a gas station or something, and I was listening to the president try to speak. And uh, he seems to not know what he's saying sometimes. So I think he's predisposed to being a knucklehead. I just got to be honest with you. I think if your wife has got to stay there and pull on you to know what to say, you might be a knucklehead. So I, but anyway, that has nothing to do. Your knucklehead moment was more than sufficient uh, for covering all the knuckleheads. Glad you have a 60 degree day. And uh, so we're at Psalm number 71. Psalm number 71 this morning. We're going to start off by reading the first 12 verses, the first 12 verses of, uh, of Psalm number 71. Now, this is a, a prayer of help. And, and so in my subtitle, in my Bible, Psalm 71 has the title of a prayer for help in old age. And boy, everybody's, you know, we're going to get old and getting old stinks, man. And uh, sooner or later, it's going to happen to me. I was telling Stephanie, I'm losing my humor. Um, what else did I tell you I was losing? No, he's not. Oh, your good looks, your humor. Yep. Yep. I can't remember. That was the end of our conversation. It's hard. It's hard to accept yeah, I that had, I may lose I those things. I had to try to build, build the uh, self-esteem back up a little bit. She tried. It was heading south. Yeah, it was going in a bad place. But So we're in Psalm 71. We're going to do Oh, these... your radio voice. My radio voice. Yeah. See, your radio voice. I used to have a very good voice when I was in the Army. I mean, I was in radio commercials and stuff and... I appear to have lost that voice. It's, you know, my voice is sounding, it's like, oh no. It's got a weird sound to it, you know, and I don't want to offend people with it. But anyway, we're, Psalm 71 is important. Uh, this is, you know, especially for those of you folks who are older out there, this is a prayer for help in old age. And, you know, old age is relative. Some people are older, younger. Does that make sense? Some people turn older, younger. You know, yeah. So anyway, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. And uh, that's a good prayer right there, man. I don't want to be confusion. I don't want to be yeah. sh shamed. I think that's what that means. And kind of what we were mentioning at the end of the knucklehead moment about our president. Deliver me, deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thy ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust for my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the room. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Cast me off in the time of old age. Cast me not off. Boy, that, that word changes everything right there. 
Cast me not off. Uh, Again, what I was mentioning to Stephanie that I was losing, and uh, the mind may be part of that. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. Oh, my God, make haste for my help. Wow, Stephanie, I'm telling you, as we looked at this, as we, as we began to pray for this psalm a short while ago, and folks, just so you know, we always pray before we come on air and kind of talk about the important things we're about to face. And I was looking at this psalm, and immediately coming to my mind was this is a little different. It's still about praise, but I mean, what? it's a little different from those last three or four we just came from. And what are you thinking uh, as we go through that, Stephanie? I think there's a lot of, um, doing a lot of reflecting. Um, and he's asking God um, to show himself strong now that he's maybe in a position where he's, he's physically feeling weaker. He's maybe physically feeling his age. Um, but I, I love how the, the thread that runs through the whole passage um, is one of trust and is one of in that, in the midst of trusting, crying out to God to be his protector, crying out to God to be his deliverer. And um, I think these, this, it doesn't matter what your age is. Um, you can be a young person and give the same heart cry. Um, but I think verse five is a beautiful verse. Um, I actually already had it highlighted, but David said for thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. And David had as a young man, as a child, in fact, chosen to put his trust, his faith, his commitment in Jehovah. Yeah. And no matter, you know, no matter though, yes, there were times he fell. He was a human. He was a sinner just like we are, but his trust remained steadfast in the Lord. And um, just that acknowledgement that he has come to that place of realizing that all he is, all he has ever been, all he will ever be is about who Jehovah God is in his life. Yeah. And what he has done for David. And I think it's just a beautiful reflective. At the same time, he's asking God to save him from his enemies. The reflection and the, again, the throwing himself back on his trust in who God is to him. Yeah. And I, and I like where you went. You know, I think right in the beginning, we're seeing somebody who's been there a long time. Uh, you, you know, again, and, and I mentioned as we read through that, uh, and I do love, I'm with you on verse five. But I do. He, he's saying, I don't want to be in shame. And, you know, we can never underestimate the stay in faith of being a Christian. We can never underestimate how important it is, friends, um, to be in God's word, to be right with God, to be uniformed as a soldier of God, to look right, to act right um, in the things of God that God controls. And I, I'm kind of seeing that. I don't want to be shamed. I don't want to do something silly. And, you know, I'm telling you, Stephanie, when you get about 75 or 80, you can do or say anything and nobody will say anything to you. You know, like I can remember this old lady in church would say things like, that looks terrible. Why are you doing that, you idiot? And stuff. Nobody ever said a word to her. 
you know, because once you hit that magic 75, 80, I don't know, 85, you can act as wacky as you want. And people aren't really going to say anything to you in 2021, you know, and uh, it's but he doesn't want to be shamed. He doesn't want to act wacky. And and then that verse two, deliver me in thy righteousness. And 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 I think we got to stop right at that sentence. And how do we get delivered in God's righteousness? I mean, what is, what does God's righteousness look like to somebody listening this morning? Well, I think um, to put this in New Testament terms where we live today, um, this just is proof, I think, of the verse that says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, according to his righteousness, he saved us. And the only way where we can find deliverance now is the same way David found it then, but we look back on it. David didn't have the cross to look to. He looked through the eye of faith as one of those heroes of the faith that's talked about that hadn't received the promise yet. But we can look back and see we have we know what Jesus Christ has done for us, how he took our sin, the punishment, the payment for that sin. He he paid that price. And because of that, he offers the gift of salvation. And when you accept that, he puts his righteousness, he clothes you in his righteousness. He puts that on you. Gosh. And yeah. um, I think it's a beautiful, the deliver, the, the, the concept of looking at, looking at it as, as deliverance is powerful because it is, it's deliverance from the penalty of sin. It's deliverance from the power of death. It's powerful. It is powerful. And, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of that. What's that word? Propitiation that, that, you know, we Propit- all. Propitiation. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and and folks, I got to be upfront with you. We have like a half second delay on Stephanie coming to us through Zoom because we find it works better if we can look at each other as we do these podcasts. Otherwise, one of us may go on a long rant or something like that, and the other one can then tell us. And uh, and so that's been no. I'm not picking on Stephanie there. That's been known by both of us. But I've been thinking of that word propitiation. I, I came across that the other day again. And, you know, it, it's like we, it's our requirement. It's our substitution. It's everything. But it's God's righteousness. That's why we need thy righteousness, even in New Testament times, even in the, the age of grace. And cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. So, you know, here we go again. This is more of this great same stuff. This is... This is more, uh, you know, of God, I think, doing a work uh, that needs to be done in David. David seeking that work. You know, this is the weird thing, Stephanie, and maybe you can help illuminate this to us. And uh, but this is the weird thing. We're praying for God to do something because God prompts our heart through conviction to pray for God to do something. Does that make sense? Uh, Through our study, our prayer, whatever the case may be. I don't think you just come up with these things. I don't think you just come up with a, a prayer for righteousness. I don't think you come up to, and ask to be delivered. I think you have to be in tune with God. And I think that if we can yeah. get that, you know, as a podcast family, if we can be in, if, if that's the practical lesson today, tune into God and then seek what you need from him. I mean, that may be a real strong uh, practical lesson, but I think it's right. I, I think that. By our own rights, I don't wake up on a Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning as it is today. And I know we're 
actually doing a Monday podcast, but I don't wake up and, 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 you know, be right where I need to be. You know, it takes prayer. It takes, uh, you know, a, a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I think that's important. I think that's where we're going. And, but it says, Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. And, you know, whenever I see those words, like, Thou art my rock and my fortress. And, uh, you know, a rock doesn't move. A big rock doesn't move. We, we have a place out about 30 miles from where I grew up. It's called Watch Hill. I lived just a short while from the ocean and about 20 minutes down the coast from there, they had Watch Hill, which was a, uh, an army fort uh, during the Civil War. And even during World War I, they used it again, but it's just a placement. It was just a gun placement. So if somebody's looking to come into that area, to come into Narragansett Bay or something, right on the mouth of that is this fort where you can shoot things and stuff. But you know what I've found out? There's a rock at the front of that place that's on the ground, and it has the date on it from like 1862. That rock has never moved. That fortress has never moved. And so David is, is right here where he's saying, man, be my rock and my fortress. You're the one who's never going to move. Um, our problem, we move, Stephanie. We're movers. Yeah. Yeah, as in and of ourselves, we have nothing stable, um, anything stable about us, anything um, good <laughs> comes from the Lord. And I think this is where the Christ life is so powerful, where, where it's not about you living, it's not about you being good enough, it's not about you keeping a list of rules good enough. When we try to do that in and of ourselves, we will slip, we will fall, we are building our lives on sand. Um, and that's one of Satan's greatest counterfeits is, can be that list of rules that gives you that feeling of security when in reality, it's if it's not based on who Jesus is to you, if he's not real in your life, that's sand. And um, no, no matter how hard that sand may feel, the first storms the first waves that come in on that are going to make it completely wash out all other and, grounds um, are sinking sand yeah 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 um so i think and, and david loves that picture that word picture of jesus christ um for him it was jehovah but he loves that word picture throughout psalms calling god his his fortress his high tower his deliverer his shield um and anytime david yeah. describes God, it's it's a firm foundation. That's the that's the essence of who, what He makes Jehovah. Yeah, and, he, and and then verse four, deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked. Again, get me away from these cruel knuckleheads. And in that wonderful verse that you were quoting, for Thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from from my youth. And you know we can never underestimate. Again, I know I said this after you said verse five, but never underestimate what you can do for your children right now by planting. Uh, by, uh, you know, having them in the church, having them go through things, having them learn from God's word and God's foundation. Because I'll tell you, here's two distinctly different people from our growth as a Christianity here. Stephanie grew up in the church. Her dad was a pastor. Her 
grandfather was a ministry evangelist and had been a pastor. And so she grew up at the feet of her dad and uh, at the foot of the cross. And, uh, and, and boy, I had to come along in my 30s, you know, and, and, uh, but God did give me a great foundation with a couple of the good churches I went to. Uh, unfortunately, I think, you know, there's been some bad ones. I mean, I'm in a great church right now. I thank God for Morningside Baptist Church. But, but you know, I got to tell you, my foundation, it doesn't matter. Uh, my foundation needs to be built on God's rock. By thee have I been holding up the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. And my praise shall be continually thee. And, and folks, here we are. We've been praising for about five psalms in a row. And it's real. God wants to be praised. He wants to be adored. He wants to be taken to that place. He wants to be number one in your life. And then look at this verse, Stephanie. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. And then verse eight, I'm going to ask you about those two verses. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all day. I mean, you're looking at seven and eight and you think, you know, maybe David here is talking about when he took out the giant and, uh, uh but then he turns it around. And, uh, I mean, what are you seeing in seven and eight? Well, I think David, um, you know, he had people that probably looked at him cross-eyed. Um, when you're in any position of leadership, um, unfortunately, people are going to look at you weird sometimes. People are going to make assumptions about you, um, yeah. whatever the case is. And David, we know, was a leader who sought God. He sought to follow the Lord we have the Psalms as proof of that. And still he was a wonder. There was people that looked at him like didn't agree with his decisions, didn't um, appreciate perhaps stands he made, perhaps didn't didn't like some of his military decisions along the way, whatever the case was. But he goes back to, to his foundation, but thou art my strong refuge. In other words, God, it doesn't matter what they think of me. It doesn't matter what they're saying about me. You're my refuge. You're my strength. Yeah. And because of that, he says in verse eight, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. And I love how David turns it back from the fact of in the end, God, it doesn't matter what they say about me. In the end, it doesn't matter the things, the accusations that are going to be made about me that are false because my mouth is going to be filled with your praise and your honor because you're my refuge. And it comes back around to what's your life about? Is it about you receiving the honor and glory? Because if it is, it's going to be a very sad life. It is. It's going to stink. Um, trying yeah. to serve the Lord to get that. You might be a knucklehead um, if it's about your honor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what's important here too is to realize that David's focus for all of his achievements, for all of the things, killing Goliath, so many things that David had accomplished, he never lost focus of God being the source of that strength. I mean, there. Were, I'm not saying he never lost focus because we know he did like with Bathsheba and things, but overall his focus remained fixed on the Lord. He didn't let those things become idols. He didn't let those things for the most part, become footholds and strongholds that Satan could use against him. The times he did, oh yes, disasters were created. Um, and we have record of those. But for the majority, the heavy majority of David's life, he didn't lose focus of who God was to him. No. And 
I think that's very important to remember because I think in ministry, it's easy. The church at Ephesus, Jesus talked to them about it. They, they were doing so many good things, but the ministry became their God. The ministry became what they were worshiping in essence, whether they would have realized it or not. And Jesus challenged the church at Ephesus and said, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. And David's first love remained Jehovah God. Our first love, no matter what, what ministry we're involved in, no matter what you're doing in life, that's important. It's not ever as important than Jesus Christ himself. And if you lose that focus, all those other things will fall apart. They'll all become a disaster. That's awesome, man. Cast me not off in the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together. Saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. And O my God, make haste for my help. And, you know, again, he's probably pushed up against the wall there. So we go from a place where he's talking about his foundation and faith, that wonderful verse 5 that you talked about, another wonderful verse 9. And then we, we come to these last few verses, and he's calling out to God with, uh, with some urgency. And I think we've been there, and some listening to us today have probably been there. Well, God, my enemies are getting together and taking counsel. I told you that when, uh, you know, the most recent ministry I left, this pastor held a Matthew 18 meeting without me being there and just lied. I mean, so, I mean, what did I do? Do I say, oh, God, you know, that's all I can do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. you, you know, you just can't. And, and so, friends, I guess I tell you from a practical side, we're going to wrap down. I know Stephanie's got a great song for us. and uh, But I, I just think, this is what I think. I think we've all been here. And I think we've all been at that place where we start dealing with our immortality, immorality, immortality where we start thinking, hey, I'm getting older. And older, by the way, back then was a lot younger. I think you start worrying about your age. You start worrying about, uh, you know, your, your, I guess a lot of people worry about what they leave behind, uh, their legend, their, you know, what is this that I shared? What did I do? But let me tell you something today, my friends. Just be ready to say, oh God, be not far from me. Remember, he is nigh unto those who draw nigh unto him. He's right next to you. And David's getting that, and he's make haste for my help is how we finish verse number 12. And Stephanie, I don't know whether you're doing all other ground is sinking sand. I don't know if God's led you in a different direction. That's we're, where I was headed. I just am trying to remember the the title. See, we're having um, problems. So can I be up front with you, peeps? Stephanie is at times fallible, like once out of a thousand times. The rest of the time, she's almost right. absolutely uh, perfect when it comes to songs and stuff. So, okay, so, I found it. What's the name of it, Stephanie? I don't think this is the actual title, but it's pulling on my hope is built on nothing less. I think it's different than that in my songbook, but yeah. it worked. Thank well, the Lord for Google. Folks, wait, where's your hope coming from? Take a minute, listen now. Stephanie sings a song real quick, the practical thing. Where's your hope coming from? Uh, train up your kids, train up your spouses. Help each other. Come up alongside of each other. Be kind to each other today. Uh, if you're married to someone today, you know, grab all of them, tell them you love them, grab all of your kids, whatever. But, you know, your hope is in Christ. It's in Christ alone. There you go, Stephanie. You can sing that song for us now. 
All right. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.